Well, good afternoon and welcome to Free to Be Faithful. I'm moderator Kip Allen. Free to Be Faithful is a religious liberty education and awareness program created by the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod in response to increasing governmental incursions into religious life. People of faith and our institutions have come under increasing attack in recent years from secular sources. Secular forces are often resorting now to litigation when they fail to achieve their legislative goals. These challenges have come largely from pro-abortion, atheist, and homosexual pressure groups. Many of these cases have been working their way up the judicial ladder, and some have come to the United States Supreme Court and will be heard during the current session, which began on the first Monday of this month. One of the most crucial cases is that of Masterpiece Cake Shop versus the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. This issue arose when Masterpiece, when Masterpiece Cake Shop owner, a devout Christian, refused to make a special cake celebrating a gay marriage. Phillips, the owner of it, defended uh, Jack Phillips. Uh, uh, Jack Phillips' defenders say that the issue is about religious freedom and compelled speech, while opponents say it's all about discrimination. Many other cases involving photographers, florists, and others will be affected by the high court's ruling. Many organizations, including the LCMS, have filed amicus briefs in support of Phillips. Masterpiece Cake Shop is being represented before the U.S. Supreme Court by the Alliance Defending Freedom. And I discuss this with upcoming case and other issues with Jeremy Tedesco of the ADF on today's Free to be Faithful. Welcome to the, to the program, Mr. Tedesco. Thanks for having us on, Kip. We've got a lot going on. Uh, this is going to be one of the most crucial cases, I think, before the Supreme Court in many, many years. What are the issues here that we're looking at? Well, I mean, the main issue is whether uh, people who believe that marriage is between a man and a woman can continue to live their lives in a way that's consistent with that, all aspects of their lives, not just on the weekend, at church, and at night, and with their family, but in the way they operate their businesses, and the kind of artistic expression they produce, which is what's at, what's at issue in our case, um, or whether the government can punish people for, for, for living a, faith, a life that's faithful to that belief. Um, so that's the question before the court, and it's a, a question of enormous magnitude, not just for Christians who hold to this belief about marriage, but really for all of society, because if the government has the ability to coerce Christians to violate their most sincere beliefs about marriage in this manner, um, the government has that power over all of us on all issues. This isn't just a same-sex marriage case or a marriage case. This is a question, uh, this case involves the question about what kind of power the government for our lives. Well, one of the First Amendment issues here over and above the freedom of religion issue to me is compelled speech. That's, that is really disturbing to me. Everyone has the right to speak, but to be told what to speak? This seems to be one of the issues. Yeah, I mean, it's such a crucial protection under the First Amendment, the right to be free from compelled speech, the right to not have the government tell you what you must say. And, you know, the, the, our case is about artistic expression. Jack Phillips, the cake designer at Masterpiece Cake Shop and owner there, um, makes custom-designed works of art through his um, cake designing skills. Um, very well, uh, well established within the, the uh, cake design world that this is a form of artistic expression. We even had a group of uh, cake designers file an amicus brief in support of Jack, saying that this is, a, this is an artistic medium um, that great artists use to express themselves, and Jack Phillips is one of them. And so artistic expression is protected fully by the First Amendment, no different than words or, or images that you may draw you know, through oil paints. And so um, the question is, who gets control 
what an artist creates through their artistic work. Is it the artist or is it the government? Um, we've never lived in a society where the government has the power to dictate the content of artistic expression. Uh, but that's at issue in this case. And if the government can compel artists to create artwork they don't want to create, they can compel all of us to say things, to express ideas um, that violate our core beliefs. So you can take this right outside of the sexual orientation and same-sex marriage context because the principles that, is, that are established in this case are going to affect all of us. Well, also, I noticed that uh, Jack has turned down other cakes in the past. For example, he won't make any cakes that have alcohol in them. He won't do Halloween cakes, and he won't do any type of a lewd cake, for for example, for a bachelor party. And he's turned down one cake, at least, and for celebrating a divorce. And I know just recently he has been asked to prepare cakes for satanic celebrations. That's right. So That's right. I mean, the bottom line is Jack serves everybody. He just doesn't promote all ideas or create his artistic works for every event. There's a difference between, um, you know, saying, I won't serve you because who you are, and I can't create this custom work of art. Those are completely different things. And Jack is a guy who says, my beliefs impact the kind of things I'm going to make with my skills that God give, gave me. And, um, and this is actually quite common in, in, in the creative professions. Um, most creative professionals bring their values and their beliefs to their work. And there's going to be projects and, and, and ideas and messages that they just don't want to express through what they create, whether it be custom cakes like Jack Phillips or photography or film or web design. Um, there's plenty of situations where people are going to say, these are projects I can't do. And so I'm interesting to your question. Uh, from the moment Jack started Masterpiece Cake Shop back in the early 90s, he knew God gave me this business, God gave me this talent, and he at the very beginning set out to establish there's certain things I'm not going to use my talents to promote events I'm not going to be associated with. Um, and so that was something that was ingrained at the very beginning of his business um, and has been consistent throughout. And this is just another iteration of the kinds of things he can't create because of his faith. And i also like to point out that he has never refused to sell anything that was already in the shop. I mean, in fact, the couple that later took him to court, I mean, he offered to sell them cookies, brownies, or anything that was pre-made from the shelves. But that apparently wasn't enough for them. That's right, and that's you know it's such an important distinction too. He he did. He said, I'll, um, "Anything that's on my shelves, I'll sell it to you." Um, but you're asking me to create custom artwork um, that violates my beliefs, and and that's a there, there's a division between those two things. He, and so he he can't use his talents in a way that promotes ideas that violate his beliefs. And so you know you brought up the the question about the satanic cakes that he's been asked to make. Um, you know I think one of the interesting things about that is. The folks who are asking him to do that uh, can make the same argument that the couple that sued Jack over the same-sex wedding cake used, and that is religion is a protected status under the law. I want this cake celebrating Satan because of my religious beliefs, and so I can force you under the law to create this cake celebrating Satan. Um, even though it violates your beliefs, I mean they're using they're going to use the same argument to try to coerce Jack to make cake celebrating satanic themes in his in his cake art and and it's just i mean this is the problem with the whole idea and using these laws to coerce people and force them to create expression that goes against their beliefs eventually establishing a principle like that in the law is going to hurt everybody in an area that's important to them 
So people look at this case like, that ah, same-sex marriage, it's different, it's somehow not related to me. I have no interest other than, in this case other than I think same-sex marriage is great, and it's bad for people to say no to it. That's kind of the cultural idea out there right now. I think what people need to understand is you can be for same-sex marriage and be for Jack Phillips to win, because if you want Jack Phillips to lose, you want yourself to lose too. <laughs> you want people you care about and issues you care about to be the kinds of things that government can force you to say things um, that violate your beliefs on. Well, for example, the uh, Heritage Foundation has just pointed out a, a case out in, uh, I believe it was in Seattle, where a uh, coffee shop that's owned by a gay gentleman uh, threw out a group of Christians who were in his shop. They weren't doing anything, they were just drinking coffee, but they had been out on the street distributing flyers that were against gay marriage, and they came in for some coffee, and the guy said, I'm offended by you, get out of my shop, this is my shop, I have the right to be offended, and they threw him out. Uh, now, the uh, Heritage Foundation and uh, through their media outlet have, have attempted to contact the ACLU about this, and they have refused to comment. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting situation. And the bottom line is what that business owner did was throw people out because of who they are and, and because of their religious status. And so that's very different than Jack Phillips. Jack Phillips is saying, I object to the message you're asking me to create. Mm -hmm. um, this business owner in Seattle is saying, I'm not going to sell you coffee because you're Christians. That's a very different thing. That's status-based discrimination. What Jack's saying is, there's messages I can't promote through my art. And so what, you know, Jack's pre-made items and his position about the fact that he'll sell his pre-made items to anybody is like the coffee that that gentleman in Seattle sells. That gentleman in Seattle should sell that coffee to everybody, just like Jack Phillips sells his pre-made cakes and, 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 and brownies and cookies to, to anybody. Um, but Jack carves out, because he's got a First Amendment right to do so, his custom creative creations, his, his works of art. And he says, on, on these things, I'm going to exercise my First Amendment right to say no to, 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 to opportunities to create things if those things violate my beliefs. And he's got a constitutional right to do that. Well, I've spoken to uh, gay advocates who say that, well, he's a businessman, and because of that, he has to, he has, does not have the right to refuse service to anyone. And they liken it to, uh, well, refusing service to someone to back in the old days of, Jack, of, of Jim Crow. Sure. Well, I'm not going to serve you because you're black. Yeah. And well, how, do, how do we respond to that, how this is different? Well, that's not what Jack's doing. Jack's not saying, I won't serve you because you're gay. That has nothing to do with it for Jack. It's a message of what he's being asked to create um, that triggers his, his, his willingness or his unwillingness to do it. And so it doesn't matter um, the sexual orientation of the person seeking a cake celebrating a same-sex marriage. He's going to say no regardless of the sexual orientation of the people asking for a cake to celebrate a marriage that violates his understanding of marriage. And so if he had a sign in his window that said, I won't serve any of my goods to gay or lesbian individuals, that would be comparable to Jim Crow. That's not what Jack Phillips does. It has nothing to do with it at all. Jack just says, like most creative professionals, there's, a, there's things I won't do because my, my beliefs prohibit me from promoting ide certain ideas. And I reserve the right to, to decline those kinds of opportunities in my business. And, and so that's, a right, that's the right that's being protected in this case. And so um, 
people have to be very careful about what they ask for. Because if Jack can be coerced in this way, then, say, a gay or lesbian web designer can be forced to design a website for a religious organization that wants a website opposing same-sex marriage. If that gay or lesbian person doesn't want to create that website under the legal theory that's being used to punish Jack Phillips, they, that, that religious organization would have the right to sue and force that gay web designer to create the website even if he didn't want to create it, even if it violated the fundamental aspect of how they you know, believe about that issue. So. Well, I know there were several instances in Colorado where Jack is based where some Christian groups went to gay bakers and said, will you bake a special cake celebrating marriage between one man and one woman? And they were refused. But there was no legal recourse to that. No, yeah, I mean, the facts there actually were a Christian gentleman went to three separate bakeries in Denver, close to where Jack uh, operates, and asked for a cake uh, that expressed his religious opposition to same-sex marriage. Had some words on it, had different symbols on it, and each one of the bakeries turned him away and said, no, we won't make that cake for you. He filed uh, complaints, just like the complaint that was filed against Jack, um, against those bakeries in the Civil Rights Commission in Colorado, the same commission that's prosecuting Jack Phillips for uh, declining to create the cake that he didn't want to create, exonerated each one of those bakeries and said there was no religious discrimination at all in those circumstances, found no probable cause, and walked away from it. And so that's part of what's going, you know, that's part of what we're talking to the Supreme Court about in our briefing is they have an unequal treatment, a selective enforcement problem in Colorado as well, where Colorado will grant exemptions um, to certain individuals uh, from their interpretation of the non-discrimination law, but they're prosecuting Jack to the full extent of the law, granting him no exemption at all. And so that also is just another wrinkle to the case, but a very important one, because when the government can pick and choose who has the right to exercise their First Amendment rights and who doesn't, that's a clear-cut violation of the Constitution, and it's a dangerous power to give to the government. Are we looking at a fourteenth at a Fourteenth Amendment violation here as well? Sure, there's an equal protection violation, um, and, and there's also a First Amendment violation and a free exercise violation. So, um, you know, there's quite a different legal few legal claims um, that are have been raised in the case. But the ones that are before the Supreme Court are free speech, the freedom to be free from compelled speech, specifically, and the right to free exercise of religion. Well, I think it's interesting to look at the uh, the numerous groups that have filed amicus briefs in this case. So obviously, the LCMS has filed one, but we also have uh, a group, uh, several artistic groups have also supported him. And interestingly, the U.S. Department of Justice has filed an amicus brief. That's a tw- that's That certainly is a twist. It's a it's a very welcome brief as far as we're concerned. We're we're really happy that the Department of Justice, you know, saw um evaluated the case and decided to come in and support Jack. Um, you know, they filed a great brief in the case saying uh, that he has a right to, to to be free of this kind of government coercion when it comes to our, his artistic creations. Um, and, you know, we certainly welcome it uh, and the DOJ's involvement on our side in the case. Well, it's going to the Supreme Court. I believe the uh, and the court has already agreed to hear it, and I believe the oral arguments are scheduled for this December. Is that correct? That's correct. Arguments will be on December 5th. And how does it proceed from that point? After the arguments occur, then it's submitted to the to the justices for them to write a decision. And uh, the latest the decision could come out is the end of June 2018. Um, and it could come out anytime 
kind of starting in the spring between then and, and June. But typically we see, and you know, there's just no way to, to know, so it's really ultimately ranked speculation as to when the decision will come, will come out. But typically in these kind of big-time blockbuster-type cases, the court waits till the very end of their term, June 2018 in this instance, to issue the ruling. So, I mean, the ruling could come out any time starting around April, um, but I would anticipate probably later in the term sometime at the end of June. There are other cases that hinge on this. For example, Arlene's Flowers is one. You've also talked about uh, website designers. I know there are photographers, there are, are filmmakers, a whole series, a whole class of people who are basically making the same argument that Jack's making. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, the, the decision in the Masterpiece case could very well impact a lot of other ongoing litigation and ultimately, of course, much more broadly impact our whole country when it comes to um, these kinds of these questions about how, how is it that people who um, hold to the belief, a belief that is millennia old, held by you know any number of religious faiths and even by people who aren't religious at all, that marriage is between a man and a woman, how are people like that going to be able to continue to operate in our culture? Are they going to be allowed to continue to operate in our culture on the basis of those beliefs? Um, and so, yeah, there's going to be a immediate... Um, uh, impact, I'm sure, felt um, by those who are in active litigation. You're right, we've got painters, we've got um, video and film production companies, we've got web design companies, we've got photographers, print shop owners, all with cases in the courts right now dealing with um, situations where the law is being used to force them to express messages through their expressive services that, dis- that, they, that they disagree with when it comes to marriage or those kinds of issues related to sexual, sexual morality. Um, but I think the broader cultural question uh, is even more important because this is going to set a precedent um, that, 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 that uh, impacts moving forward how people who are in a minority point, you know, position, have a minority point of view about marriage at this point in our culture, can be treated by the government in relation to that opinion. Well, that was uh, really kind of a follow-up question I was going to uh, to come up with, because you had mentioned, not you, but the ADF has said that this is really going to be one of the landmark decisions, certainly of, of this uh, of this particular of this particular session in the Supreme Court, but perhaps even. Going back several decades, this is going to be one of the key decisions affecting religious freedom. Is that correct? It certainly has the potential to be one of the one of the one of the biggest decisions in this area for for many many years, even decades. There's no question about it. Um, you know, these are crucial questions that our culture right now is struggling mightily uh, to figure out how do we move forward. And you know, as far as we're concerned, the, the the path forward is the path we've always been on as a country, to respect people of different points of views, to understand that on these issues of incredible magnitude, religiously, socially, morally, like what is marriage, um, there's going to be differences of opinion. And it's, it's not okay to give one side of that debate the power and full force of government behind it to punish those who disagree with you. And that's what we're seeing right now play out in the courts, is that those who believe to the who adhere to the traditional understanding of marriage can be punished and silenced by the government and by people who disagree with them by using the government to sue people who disagree with this 
this redefinition of marriage has happened in our culture. You know, so it's there's certainly um, enormous implications from the case. But I would also add this: there's never going to be one case that resolves anything for all time. It just doesn't happen that way in the law. Um, we don't know how the Supreme Court's going to rule. So first of all, you have to evaluate the, what the decision says and decide what it means moving forward. Um, but the other thing is, regardless of how good or bad um, people think the Supreme Court's decision is, the battle will continue. The, the fight will continue. So if we prevail in the case, um, the opponents of religious liberty will find different ways to try to move around or maneuver around that opinion. If we don't prevail in the case, then we'll find ways to continue to protect religious freedom and continue to advocate for uh, the freedom of people to live, to, to live out their faith without fear of government punishment. And so the case is incredibly important. Um, in ADF, this is our case we have at the Supreme Court, we're putting every ounce of energy we can into preparing and preparing the case well. Um, at the same time, we know um, that regardless of the outcome, the, the battle will continue. And I think that's important for your listeners to understand, too. Um, this is a case that should be on everybody's mind and everybody should be praying about and watching the outcome. Um, but there's always a next thing, and we have to be ready for what that is. Yes, I understand that. Uh, I remember back when the uh, there was still the argument going on uh, whether or not gay marriage should be allowed prior to or the Obergefell decision, uh, where the proponents of gay marriage would say, well, how will my gay marriage harm you? Well, sure. now we know. There's the old sure. nose, the camel, one camel getting his nose on the tent. That's so true. That's so true. And, and, you know, it's not like people on our side, a Alliance Defending Freedom included, weren't, weren't, weren't sending out the alarms about what is going to happen to religious freedom if marriage is redefined. And of course, the thing, all these things that we're talking about on this call are the things we were raising. And now here we are dealing with them at the United States Supreme Court just a handful of years later. And so, um, you know, ultimately, um, the, the proponents of same-sex marriage did a really good job convincing people that redefining marriage wouldn't hurt anybody. But the reality is it's hurt a lot of people, people like Jack Phillips at Masterpiece Cake Shop, who's lost 40% of his business, half of his employees, um, because he simply wants to run his business in a way that honors God. That's not a free society. That's not a society that expects religious freedom. If people who, who just want to live by and honor a basic tenet of their faith that has been around for millennia, that is shared by millions of people not just in this country but across the, the entire world, um, if the government can punish and silence people um, who hold that belief, then th that's not freedom. That's, a, that's an intolerant society. Um, it's, a, it's a really aggressive secularism that's looking to stamp out people who, who aren't willing to go along with the new orthodoxy on these issues. That's never been acceptable in our country. Look, we've seen experiments on our liberties in this way before. We've seen incredibly strong cultural and political movements gain uh, momentum and even gain momentum within the law such that dissidents, people who disagree with this you know, where things are headed have been punished. But ultimately, those things have been righted, uh, typically through litigation. I think of the Pledge of Allegiance back in the 1940s and 50s. Um, in, in, in the Pledge of Allegiance um, was mandated in all schools, 
and people who objected because of their religious beliefs to pledging allegiance, uh, there was a decision from the Supreme Court that said the government had every right to force people to, do, to, to say the pledge and, and to punish them if they refused to. But just three years later, the Supreme Court reversed itself because it knew that a country that forces people to pledge allegiance is, is a country that has the, is not able to convince people of why they should have that allegiance short of coercion. I mean, you can't, there's, no, there's no true allegiance if you have to force people to believe something. And so the, the, our country is about freedom of thought, freedom of beliefs, exchange of ideas, and the best ideas ultimately rise to the top. And I'd like to stress the position in the Missouri Senate is that we cannot and should not attempt to coerce anyone into our point of view. We'll present our point of view, uh, we'll make our arguments, and we certainly hope that you see our point of view in terms of how God is, but never, ever, ever would we try to compel someone to join us. Absolutely. And that's such a crucial aspect of Christian faith and doctrine. It's also one of the things that's made America great is a commitment to that principle. And so, and I think, you know, the other thing that your audience ought to understand is that, you know, this is not just about a a business owner who wants to, you know, run his business in a way that's consistent with his faith. It's easy to try to compartmentalize these things and say, well, that's different than my church or the religious school I send my kids to, or religious ministries that I love. If Jack Phillips can be punished for his religious beliefs about marriage, believe me, our opponents don't see any difference between Jack Phillips, the church, the religious school you send your kids to, or the religious ministry you give to and believe in. Because they're going to say that same belief can't be acted upon by the church or by religious institutions or by your religious school. And so they're going to say, we've established that this is now unlawful discrimination to believe this and to act on this belief, and we're, in, and we're going to filter that down until we stamp it out in all aspects of society. So the other side sees these things as absolutely interconnected. Um, and you see that even from the Supreme Court arguments just a few years ago in Obergefell, when one of the ju- justices asked the federal government attorney, one of Obama's attorneys, what's going to happen to colleges? Christian colleges, religious colleges that have marital housing, and they say, we can't provide that housing to same-sex couples because that violates our understanding of marriage. And the federal government's attorney said, that's going to be a problem under the law. And that's what I'm talking about. The other side doesn't see any distinction between the business owner and the religious nonprofit college or your church. And so this is a battle for all of us, all of our liberties, even our own churches. And the uh, dissenting opinions in the Obergefell ruling, uh, I think, were very, very eloquent in uh, spelling out the dangers of that ruling. The idea that the traditional, the, the, the millennial-held beliefs will suddenly become a pariah. That's right. And I think that's the takeaway. Uh, you know, and that's why this case has the potential to have such magnitude. Because that's ultimately the question. We're running out of time, Mr. Tedesco. I want to thank you so much for being on the program. And I know people who are following this case, how can they get in touch with you? How can they see what's going on? Yeah, best place is on our website, adflegal.org. Or go to Facebook and go to Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, You'll get 
updates on social media. You can learn all about us on our website and, again, adflegal.org. And um, appreciate your prayers and your support as we head towards argument in this case. Amen. Thank you very much, Mr. Tedesco. God bless you, and God bless the ADF and the work that you've been doing. This is really a wonderful thing. You've been listening to Free to Be Faithful, which is a presentation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. It's a religious liberty and education awareness program. Now, Free to Be Faithful airs the third Monday of every month. Today's guest was Mr. Jeremy Tedesco, who's an attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom. I'm your moderator, Kip Allen, and I'm wishing you God's blessings. You've been listening to Free to Be Faithful, produced by Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for listening and supporting Free to Be Faithful on Worldwide KFUO. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518, or you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org.